We get it poppin', homie, day and night. Got the party jumpin', bout to break the ice. Stay up on my grind, that's my way of life. I got tunnel vision, I'ma chase that ray of light. So two superstars from the Nets. If you're gonna lose both of them at that point, it almost seems like you, you, you failed as a franchise to try and put that together. It's yeah. just mind-boggling to me. This is not Teddy Bridgewater. This is not Trevor Simeon. This is not Paxton Lynch. This isn't Brock Osweiler. This is Russell freaking Wilson. I'm this, stonewalling you here. There's no way out. Ridiculous. There's no way out. What is going on, everyone? You are back here on Jake's Takes. Of course, the podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I'm Jake Serrano. Excited to be with everyone back here on this awesome Saturday. Happy weekend to everybody. Hope everyone had a great week. Staying positive out there. Um, and then again, this week, we are continuing our student athletes interviews. I'm excited to keep doing it. Today, I welcome Georgian Court's very own Robbie Babson. I'm happy to have you on, my friend. How are you doing? Doing good, Jake. How are you? I'm doing awesome. You know, we know you compete in Division II track and field over there at Georgian Court. Uh, doing the yep. throwing events, shot put, the weight throws, hammer, discus. I'm happy to have you on and 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 ready to you know talk about your journey a little bit. Absolutely, thank you for having me. All right, so here we go. So, Robbie, you know I've known you for a little bit. You know we we did shot put and, and track together in high school, and it's been a while. We got here to catch up today, and I'm excited yeah. to do it. Um, where would you say? your passion for track and field sparked you know what was what was the first time maybe you realized you wanted to be a thrower so i started throwing in sixth grade and i really only did it to like stay in shape because i i wanted to be a wrestler in high school actually so i did track to stay in shape because there was a lot of running involved a lot of conditioning so i figured i'll do this it'll get me stronger for wrestling um and then seventh and eighth grade came and i ended up being i like i progressed a lot faster than a lot of the other middle schoolers were. So I was like, hmm, this could be like, this could be my new thing. And eighth grade, I threw like a huge PR at the county meet. I got, you know, I placed at the county meet when I wasn't even supposed to. And I, I went into high school thinking, you know what, this is going to be my new thing. So eighth grade going into freshman year was when I really like started to like fall in love with the sport. Yeah, that's interesting because when I talked to your teammate, Dylan Breen, you know, we talked about, um, soccer and how that was his original love you know when i've talked about uh you know last week we talked to hope miller soccer you know so to you it's wrestling so i always find it interesting when you go into a new sport in college or not a new sport but when you go into college there was always something maybe that you were holding on to and then you chose a different path and i and i always think that's interesting to bring up but wrestling yep. that's that's interesting so then you found your passion through eighth grade and then and, 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 and through sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and made it all the way back to high school and said, this is it for me. Yep. So throughout that then, because it's been a few years for you doing track, who would you say have been your, your biggest supporters thus far uh, throughout your journey? Uh, definitely. Well, obviously, number one, obviously, uh, my parents, you know, they try to come to as many meets as possible. Um, and if they can't, it's because they're working to obviously make it possible for me to go to college and such. So they're definitely my number one supporters. Um, and then you mentioned earlier, my friend Tyler, he's at Princeton, you know, he's been my best friend through middle school, high school. Now, even through we're in different colleges and, you know, still that same exact role plays the same role in my life. So he's one of my be um, biggest supporters. And 
just coaches, friends, you know, my high school coach Maldonado uh, wouldn't have gotten through high school, you know, without his guidance. He was also my guidance counselor on top of that. So, um, yeah, definitely family first. And then, you know, friends, coaches, my guidance counselor. You, we talk, you just talked about your parents and, you know, they try to go at every meet and when they're not, they're working so you can go to school. So yeah. for you, what kind of obstacles have you had to endure? You know, everyone, everyone's got some kind of demon in life. So everyone's got something to move around. Was there anything for you along the way that maybe you said, you know, stopped you and you said, man, I, I got to try and find a way around this. And, and you worked around it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it an obstacle, but I mean, I've been, I've, I myself have been working since I've been 14. So, you know, just over the summer, like I don't take a, I don't take a season off. I train year round. Um, but obviously when I'm in school, I have a lot more time to train over the summer I work. So, um, I kind of have to try to find a, like, at least this summer is, is a bit different. I have a new job with more flexible hours, but last summer I was working 60, 70 hours a week. So it was tough to find time to actually get out there and throw and lift. Um, but you know, I made do, um, with as much time as I could. So if I, unfortunately, you know, it cost me to not have as much free time, but I figured throwing is what's getting me to go to college for, you know, very cheap. So that's more important than, you know, going out and going to, you know, theme park or whatever. So I, I you know, set my priorities with work, um, family, and then throwing. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I was going to ask you, you know, how, how do you set a, how do you find a balance? Because a lot of student athletes, you're obviously a student athlete. So you're going to school, you're the mm -hmm. athlete. And on top of that, you go to work, and, you know, you're pursuing your, your major and your business careers and, and other stuff like that on top of it. So a lot of people, you know, struggle to find the time and the balance. And you sound like, you know, you have it down, Pat. You, you found a way to find your priorities, be responsible and, and, and set it up that way. A lot of the times it's, you know, it's not easy as a student athlete, especially for you, you know, your division two, you're competing in track. Track's not, you know, a one season thing. Uh, you know, yeah. you're going through the winter, the spring, and then you have to train for, you know, next season. And then you're working, you got school on top of that, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, definitely. So you just finished your, your freshman year, you know, you're one mm -hmm. year behind me, I'm going to my junior year, you're going to your sophomore year of college, you know, so not too long ago, you signed at GCU and became a lion for the next four years. I'm curious, what went into your decision to go to GCU? So the number one factor was the coach that was there um unfortunately he had to leave but he was the number one reason really why I went um he was you know one of the best d2 throwing coaches in the country had insane connections with professional throwers and other like division one coaches division two coaches so he was the main reason but it's also it's it's close to home it's you know it's not too far and for example like I'm living on campus this year so if I need to go home I can you know it's not like it's not like I'm on the other side of the uh, the country. With the success this year and in prior years, but especially this year because you've been a part of it, um, as your first year as a Lion, the team won both the ECC Indoor Championship and the CACC Outdoor Championship. So you guys won both of those. I'm curious, yes. what does it mean to you to be a part of a winning culture as a team? And how do you... How do you and the team, I guess, keep keep resetting your focus? How do you how do you channel that every year? You know, because I talked to Dylan Breen about it as well. 
after you win a while, he said, uh, not the full quote, but after you win a while, he said, you almost become tired of it. Like you almost expect it. And so he expects yeah. to win. How, how do you guys keep resetting your focus and, and how do you guys keep it together as a team to really, you know, try and find a way to keep winning championships? Well, so coming out of like after we won our indoor title, going into outdoors, my mentality at least was that you never know, you know, you never know what could happen. There very well could be a thrower that was throwing 40 feet indoors and could could throw 55 outdoors, you know? So my mentality is like, never let your guard down. You know, there's, there could always be somebody who's potentially training harder than you, putting in more hours than you, and they could come back to bite you at the outdoor season. So my mentality was always just keep your guard up and, you know, keep working as if everybody's watching because they most likely are. In, in the outdoor championship, I went through some of your the statistics of the team when I was doing it for, for Dylan. And when I came back to you, obviously I, I found out, you know, you placed third, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you third in the shot put for the outdoor, this is the indoor championship. I'm sorry. Yeah, so yeah. Third, third indoor, for shot yep. put and indoor and, and, and the weight throw as well. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and in the outdoor championship, you placed first in the shot put, if I'm correct with what 50, 53 feet and a six inches and a half. Yep. How that was actually, that was a, uh, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Robbie. Uh, that, that was also, I broke the meat record with that there too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, so this leads perfectly into my question. How, how does it feel to get off to so much success in your first year, you know, placing first winning championships? Um, how, how does that feel? And, and, you know, what are you looking to improve moving forward? Do you have any personal goals? Uh, I mean, it felt really good, obviously. Um, there was, you know, good competition. My teammate Alejandro was on the brink of 16 meters. So he was, you know, he, him and I were neck and neck all season. There was a kid from Holy Family who was, you know, he was beating me all season until I finally threw 16 meters um, at TCNJ. So, you know, it was, it was close and it could have been anybody's game, but, you know, I was the one who stepped up and I was able to get it done that day. Um, but going forward, um, I would very much like to open with 17 meters indoors which would not only break the school record, but it would also qualify me for nationals. Um, that's my goal this year is to break both indoor and outdoor shop put school records and go to nationals, both, uh, both indoors and outdoors. So you're listed obviously as a thrower. We know that uh, you throw, you throw the weight throw, the hammer, discus, and the shot put. We talked about all that this year, uh, this and on the show just a couple of minutes ago. Um, you know, you threw just over 48 feet for the weight throw, the hammer of just over 144 feet, the discus a little over 121. And we just talked about the shot, but a little over 53 feet. What would you say is your favorite throwing event? And how do you manage your preparation for each event? Because I know there's a lot to do. How do you train for each one? How, how do you really go about that? So shot is definitely my favorite in high school shot. I mean, dating back to freshman year shot was always my favorite disc I'm a, I'm a short guy so i don't have the biggest long uh, the, the longest wingspan so disc is not necessarily my favorite simply because i'm not really built for it um but you know i throw it and, and you know if they need me to throw it in a meet i'll step up and throw it mm -hmm. in a meet you know conf the conference meet i obviously wasn't going to win but i stepped up and i scored some points for the team but yeah definitely shot i spend the most time on like okay I'll go to a throwing practice and one, one and a half hours will be dedicated to shot. I'll, I'll take my time doing drills and stuff like that. 
then I'll spend 45 minutes on hammer or weight, for example, indoors, outdoors and disc. I'll maybe touch for like half an hour just because I don't really intend on throwing it at every meet, but if I need to score points for the team to win or like a team title, then I'll absolutely hop in and throw the disc. That's why I take the least amount of time to train it because it's not my main event. It's not my primary focus, but I train it nonetheless because I might have to step up and, you know, score some points here and there. How do you balance that like intensity level and practice though? You know, if you go from the hammer to the discus and to the shot, how are you, obviously you said shot, you love shot, shot's your main. How do you yeah. keep, I guess, yourself safe in a sense when you're trying to do all this different stuff, but you're also trying to prepare for shot, but then you're trying to prepare for the hammer throw, but then you have discus as well if they need you to jump in. How are you, how are you trying to, I guess, divide up your intensity between all that? Yeah, definitely. No, it gets tough for sure. Indoors is a little easier because spend maybe like an hour, hour and a half on shot right. and then 45 minutes on weight and then you're done. But I always tend, I always stick with shot first because hammer is, it's like grueling. It's, it's, you know, very tough to spend a lot of time on it, but disc, I mean, it's very light on your body disc. So I always just save that one for last, spend half an hour on it and then I'm good. But yeah. So like, like I said, shot, I always make sure my wrist is taped up properly where my wrist wrap, make sure my shoes are on tight. So I don't roll an ankle. Just make, I take all the precautions to make sure that I'm safe while I'm doing it. You know, I take um, aminos so that mid session, if I start mm -hmm. to get you know tired, my muscles start to feel tired, then I take aminos and make sure that I'm not overdoing myself. But a typical practice is anywhere from like two and a half to three hours. And majority of that time will be spent on shot and then divvy up the rest of the time with the other events. Is there, is there, I guess, anything new you're trying or maybe something you're trying to look at? to improve on technique wise? Is there anything special going on there or just the same old stuff? Um, I mean, my te technique is always uh, able to be improved on. It's mm -hmm. never going to be perfect. Even like the best Ryan Krauser, you, you look at him, he's, he's majority people's, you know, technical model, but even his technique isn't perfect because if it was, he'd be breaking the world record every time he threw. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff that I could still work on. And I am working on, for example, when I finish the throw, I always tend to like pull my head away. So one thing I've been trying to focus on is keeping my head on, on the throw. But in what I, what I tend to do is I just work on one thing at a time, because if you, if I try to focus on too many things, then while I'm work, trying to fix one thing, one thing will get worse. So I always try to focus on one thing at a time, fix that issue. And then every single time an issue gets fixed, the ball goes farther and farther and farther. <laughs> so I just, you know, I, I tend to fix one thing at a time and just let it happen. This is a fun question for you. I just thought of it. I'm curious. Do you have like a, you know, throughout the events, you're actually, you're doing different techniques, obviously, but is there something, yeah. something you, you like to do in the motion? Is there something special you, you really enjoy doing? I know in shot you spin, um, yeah. but are you spinning in the disc as well? Yeah. So I, I do, but I'm kind of a weirdo. I throw shot lefty and disc righty. So oh, I had to learn. I don't think I ever realized that. Wow. Yeah. I had to, I had to learn two different spins. Mm -hmm. So that's probably part of the reason also why my disc is not that great, but the shot, I mean, the shot, the shot, cause I'm a lefty. So throwing mm -hmm. shot lefty just feels natural. Um, throwing disc righty kind of doesn't really feel as natural as it should. Right. But it's, it's too late at this point to, to go back and switch, switch. it. So well, went into the decision to do that. I don't, I don't think I ever realized that. So middle school, we threw disc first in okay. our like tryouts 
and everybody else picked up the disc righty. So I didn't want to be the odd one out. So I picked it up righty as well. And then when we went over to shot, uh, my coach was like, wait, aren't you a lefty? And I threw, then I picked up the shot lefty and he never said anything about me picking up a disc lefty. <laughs> so I just stuck with it. That's crazy. And your left hand's your dominant hand? Yep. Wow. It's so you threw, the, you threw the disc as 121 feet with your non-dominant hand? That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And um, I also, surprisingly, I, I so with, with hammer and weight, the yeah. glove that you wear goes on the opposite hand of the way you throw it. So I actually okay. throw, I throw hammer and weight uh, ready as well, but the, that's not as bad because right. the, the, the turns are, are nowhere near similar to like discus turns. So it was a totally new technique I had to learn anyways. That's pretty cool. I never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> so another question for you, I just found out. So I just saw you were an all regional selection this year. Yes. How have you watched yourself improve throughout the season? You know, we just talked about technique. I just learned, you know, you throw with your non-dominant hand for discus. Yeah. You know, what are some things you've 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 really seen yourself improve on as the season went on? So I opened up the outdoor season um, with 15-13, and that would put me in a pretty good spot. I was the number one thrower in the conference for two weeks, and then the Holy Family kid popped out of 1595. Um, which is just about 52 feet. So that got me, or it's actually, it's, it's 52 feet, yeah. four inches, something like that. Um, so that kind of like pushed me to, you know, work harder and harder. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to lose. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be the best in the conference. I wanted to make a statement. And then I ended up kind of being not in a rut, but I plateaued at like 1536. I had like three meets in the middle of the season where I didn't go above 1536. So I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, what am I doing wrong? What can I do better? So I fixed up some issues in my technique, you know, started working out a little differently. And then I had a practice where I put everything together with the lifting I had been changing up, the technique I changed. And I practiced with a couple throws over 16 meters. So that was the first time I ever broke 16 and I was, you know, I was psyched. And then the very next meet at TCNJ, I went 16 meters for the first time. So I took the conference lead with that throw, with the 16 meter throw, I became at the time top 50 in the country overall and a top 15 freshman in the country for D2. And then the very next meet after that was our conference meet after TCNJ. And that's when I went 16:32. That put me at 42 in the country and the number eight freshman in the country. Wow. See, see what I'm saying? You really go through a lot throughout the season. And yes, so yeah, you just uh -huh. mentioned your, you know, your competitive attitude. You know, you want to be the best. You're trying to be the best. You got to try and perfect everything. And then you plateau for a couple meets throughout the season. Yeah. I guess mentally, is there a mental balance to all this as well? I know there's a physical balance for sure. Yeah, How do definitely. you mentally balance all that? You know, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some things maybe you're trying to figure out there as well. Yeah. So, um, a lot of the times, like when I was, when I hit that plateau mm -hmm. in my mind, I was thinking, Oh, what's wrong. What, like, what am I doing wrong? And then, yeah, I, you know, I just got to, you have to realize that it's like your body needs to rest at some point. It's like you work vigorously for in the off season, like in between indoors and, and outdoors, there's yeah. two weeks where you're just lifting like crazy and the throw, the throwing volume goes down, lifting volume goes up. So it's like your body needs a break at that point. So you're going, you're coming off of two weeks of like intense training going into the outdoor season. And 
you hit you hit your first meet and you know you think oh it's it's a decent opener considering all the stuff we've done and then immediately going back into higher volume throwing lower volume lifting so it's a lot of like shifts it, that your body is not used to in that amount of time you gotta be patient i had you know i had to learn that the, the hard way going into hitting a plateau and wondering you know what was i doing wrong but you know just got to be patient let the shifts in your training fully you know enact with yet another successful season uh we talked about before from the georgian court lions um shifting from more of a team aspect now i'm curious what can we expect from the team this upcoming season? Um, I mean, so we have a lot of our guys coming back, a lot of our uh, point scorers. So we have um, obviously Dylan's coming back. Uh, a couple jumpers are coming. Other jumpers are coming back. We have a couple sprinters coming back. Um, and to be honest, a lot of our, a lot of our scorers were really young this year. So like a decent amount of our points came from the freshmen. So realistically, I, I mean, it might be close, depending on what other schools, you know, if they have any good talent coming in. But realistically, we should be in the same exact spot we were last year, if not better. How is the team preparing for, for next season? Is there any, like, specific, I guess, team jointed, like, preparation training you guys doing right now? Or maybe you do it later in the, in the year? Yeah, so not – not. I mean, the team isn't together right, right. now. But, I mean, I, we have a friend. He's a pole vaulter, a decathlete from Germany. And all summer he's been training just like me. So everybody, everybody's putting in their, you know, their time. The, I have one of my friends from New York. He's a, um, he's a distance runner. And, you know, just like me, he's been doing summer meets. He's been, you know, following his training log. So everybody knows, you know, what they got to do. Everybody knows what to expect from this season and the expectations that are being held for them. So everybody's putting in the work and, you know, making sure that we have our best chance possible to, to win again. It sounds like the focus for the team, as we talked about earlier, you know, is there. And yeah, for you, you know, you're going into your sophomore year, so you're year two. Um, we talked about improvements. Uh, we talked about what you've learned so far. But what are you going to take from year one and apply to year two? So what's something maybe the biggest thing you learned that you're really going to try to bring into year two to come back bigger, better, stronger, and really hit that 17 meter mark like you were asking for before? Uh, so the biggest thing that I would say is just like going into my freshman year, I was competing. So it wasn't like high school anymore. I wasn't the biggest one. Right. I wasn't the farthest thrower at the meet anymore. So kind of just getting over those nerves, like freshman year, my first, my first very, uh, very first indoor meet, I did end up winning, but I won it on like my last throw because I, the nerves were getting to me. So it's like every single throw leading up to that last throw was like, I was trying to kill it. I was trying to push too hard. So I had to take a step back and just, you know, take a deep breath and understand that like, I don't need to prove anything immediately. It's like, that's the very first meet of my entire college career. One out of, you know, hundreds. So I just got to take it slow and understand that whatever happens, happens. So that's the mentality I'm trying to go into this year with not necessarily whatever happens, happens, but like, don't I'm not trying to say don't have expectations because obviously I do have high expectations, but don't go into a meet thinking I'm the very best. I got to go into a meet thinking I'm going to do my very best possible in order to produce. Yeah. That's another thing in track that I don't think a lot of people really realize. 
like in lacrosse or basketball or football, everyone's cheering. You got the noise, you know, you got the team behind yeah. you. Sometimes that helps in those sports. But, you know, what I found mm-hmm. in track was when you go to throw, you got to be as focused as possible. You kind of have to block out all the noise. So Absolutely, I always yeah. I always found that difficult. Like even when it came to practice and throwing, you know, you, you could be throwing 40, 50 feet in practice. And when you get to the meet, it's not that you're just unfocused. So I yeah. always found it difficult to to try and really minimize all that out. Everyone's watching and all that. But you seem to uh, you seem to really have found the, the sweet spot and all that. Yeah, it took it took a while for sure, but um, there are some there are some meets where I really just need to be focused. Like if I'm not having a great meet, then I block everything out, and yeah. you know. But if my technique is feeling on and I feel strong, I feel powerful, I feel explosive, then I kind of like to uh, embrace the the energy a little bit. I get a little clap going sometimes. Like I just went to a summer meet at uh, Monmouth University, and I was doing pretty good. My best throw at that going into the finals was. 15 like 40 something 42 or something like that okay. so just about 51 mm-hmm. feet and you know my, my technique felt good so my very last throw i just embraced it. everybody was going crazy anyway so got a clap going and um i threw 52 feet like 15 1585 so yeah, yeah so it, it worked in my favor at that point it's funny because i was just about to ask you is there anything like you know like maybe like a little knack or something or maybe something special you do while you're waiting to throw or, or something like that. But then you brought up the clap, you know, when you're feeling it, you're getting excited. I was just curious maybe if you had something like that, but you answered it right there for me. Yeah. So when I'm feeling on, I get a clap going on my last, like my second to last throw, my last throw, just get some energy going. Um, But if I'm, like I said, if I'm not feeling on, I just, you know, I put on some music and I just focus and block everything else out. And I just focus, try to figure out what I'm doing wrong with my technique. And like I said, if I notice that there's like two or three things wrong with my technique, I pick the thing that, you know, is most vital to throwing far. And I just try to focus on that one thing. Stepping aside from track and field for a moment. Um, well, I guess it depends on how you answer this question, you know, going into your next year, obviously we're in the summer right now, you're getting ready for the, you know, the fall semester. Is there anything in particular, particular you're looking forward to um, this upcoming school year or it could be, you know, in upcoming season? Um, just, you know, anything at Georgian Court that maybe you're excited to do, uh, excited to accomplish, anything like that? Yeah, so, I mean, so last year I commuted to school. Obviously, like I said, it's 20 minutes away from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, last, last spring, I saw the applications going around for the RA position. So I figured, eh, why not? I'll apply if I get in. Then you know I get free housing. I won't have to pay for it. Yeah. And lucky enough, I got it. So this year I, I move in August sixth. Um, I get my own, you know, my own room, my own private bathroom, and everything like that. And it's all paid for. So that's, oh, that's I'm nice. definitely looking forward, to, yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that. That's what we like to hear. Free is nice. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So one another question, you know, just taking a step aside from you know from track for a second, outside of track and field. If someone were to ask you, who is Robbie, you know, outside of track and field, what would you say to them? Hmm. That's, that's a tough one because majority, <laughs> majority of my life is taken up by track and field. Um, I mean, I, I guess I would just say like, I'm, you know, pretty like chilled, like, you know, laid back kind of guy, you know, I enjoy like, like in school, I enjoy business. So. I would, I guess I would say that like, I'm a businessman. My goal is to own a gym one day. So I mean, I like fitness. 
Oh wow. That's in my free yeah, in my free time, you know, go chill on my boat, go to the beach, you know, just normal stuff like that. That's right. You heard it, everybody. We're gonna go stop by Robbie's gym sometime soon when he gets that one. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, why should everyone come out to watch the Lions this season? Because we're gonna win. If you want to watch a team, you want to watch some, you know, some winning culture, definitely come watch Georgian court. Also, I mean, it's a great program. So if there's any high school athletes looking for a home for college, then definitely come watch because the atmosphere at Georgia court is great. The, you know, the coaches are great. The head coach, Mike, and, you know, jumping coach, throwing, co- uh, throwing coach, distance coach, everybody's great, obviously, because, you know, we're one of the winningest programs in our conference. So definitely, I mean, come support because we're in Lakewood. So there's not really much support in Lakewood. So, um, yeah, come support. So a couple last questions for you before we get to, uh, you know, our one more thing for the day. But who is someone that maybe you think or, or maybe it's no one? Uh, maybe it's just the whole team. Who's, who's someone on the team that, that, that other teams should be watching out for? Um, there's a couple that come to mind. Um, obviously my number one pick would be my, uh, friend from Germany, Jan. He is like, I don't know why he went D2, put it that way. He's a ridiculous talent. Um, he's an amazing pole vaulter and a really good jab thrower, but he's also a decathlete. So he puts, you know, 10 events together, does it over two days. And not only did he qualify for nationals, he broke our decathlon school record. He broke our pole vault school record, um, qualified for nationals in decathlon and pole vault, respectively. So he's definitely somebody to watch out for. Um, I would say another one is my friend from New York, like I mentioned before, uh, Riley Keffer. He is an amazing, you know, distance runner. And he was a steeple runner in high school, but he, he's never run a cross country season in his life before. And they threw him in this this year at cross country, and he was a top six guy in the team. So definitely I would say watch out for him because as these older guys are starting to leave, him and one of the other freshmen, Dylan Navarro, are going to be the new, you know, the new top dogs in the conference and at the school. So they're definitely people to, to watch out for as well. All right, I got, I got one more question for you. Um, I, guess, I guess it's a two-parter because I just thought of something else. Um, but when other teams hear the name Robbie Babson, what's something you want them to know? When other teams – I would say that I would want them to know that, that I work hard. Honestly, I wouldn't even want them to know that, you know, I'm the best thrower on the field or, like, I wouldn't want them to know any of that stuff because that could change. But the thing that won't change is, you know, I'm one of the hardest working athletes you'll ever meet. You know, I'll be the, I'll be the first one in the gym and the last one to leave. You know, I'll, I'll show up to the circle half an hour early to get, you know, drill work in and I'll stay half an hour late to, like I said, if I need to train disc, I'll stay half an hour late and train disc. I'll make sure everything's getting done. I guess my last question for you would be, um, and I asked Dylan the same thing. Um, it was also came up to me on the spot as well. And I thought it would be a good question to ask you. Obviously, going into your sophomore year, we talked about, we covered that a lot. But now there's going to be people coming in behind you. And mm-hmm. a couple more years later, there's going to be more kids coming behind you and more student athletes. 
what some what advice would you give i guess to a a new student athlete coming into your school or, or just or just wants to be a thrower in general maybe he's starting out he or she's starting out in high school um mm -hmm. what, what kind of advice would you, would you give them uh to start off their career or maybe they're heading into college what kind of advice would you give that you know that you've learned so far uh i would definitely say to not give up because throwing is one of those sports where like if you're on you're on but if you're not you're not so like definitely don't give up on those like crappy practice days where you're throwing five, six feet under your PR and your technique just feels like it's going down the gutter. Like don't give up because everybody, every thrower has a bad day, you know? So you got to just stay persistent with your training. Um, and then obviously I would say find a nice balance so that you're able to train, get your schoolwork done. Obviously you're a student athlete, so student comes first. So definitely make sure you're saving enough time to get your schoolwork done. And then you can, you know, focus on training. And obviously you need to, you know, have some time to yourself. So just try to find a, a nice balance where you're not overdoing it. So before we close out, I just wanted to, you know, give you the floor without any of my questions. But, you know, do you have any last thoughts, anything you wanted to mention, anything you wanted to say before we, before we close out today? No, I just... Thank you for having me on the podcast. No That's pretty much it. No problem. Yeah, you know, that didn't have to be anything. I just, you know, I leave the floor in case <laughs> you do have to say something. But, um, yeah, no, and then, you know, Zoom's giving us the timer. So <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure why. But, um, no, Robbie, I really appreciate you coming on today, sharing us with, you know, your journey about the team. You know, it was really exciting. Great. We had a great interview. I really, you know, a lot of people are really going to tag along to this. I think, you know, Dylan Breen's story coming into your story now really forming, you know, a good relationship here at GCU. So I think people are going to really look into this. We got something going here with, uh, with the Lions. And uh, this is something special that you guys got going on over there at Georgian Court. So, I, I mean, I wish you guys the best of luck. And, you know, once again, I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thank you very much. So thank you for joining me today on another edition of Jake's Takes. Of course, I'll be back next Saturday to provide more of our takes. Depending on what we'll cover, you know, we got a lot of stuff to do. We got NBA, NFL, our student athlete interviews. So there will always be more. Remember to visit Tunnel Vision Sports at tvsportsmag.com and follow our Instagram at tunnelvisionsports underscore and our Twitter account at underscore TVS Sports. And don't forget to follow our Jake's Takes Instagram. That's Jake's Takes TVS, just like that, for everything you need podcast wise. Don't forget to hit that subscribe, follow button, leave a like, comment, rating on the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Lastly, guys, for Robbie Babson, I'm Jake Serrano, signing off. Thank you once again for listening, and remember to keep up with all your sports needs with Tunnel Vision Sports, a positive shift in sports media. We get it popping, homie, day and night. Day and night. Got the party jumping, about to break the ice.